Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, everybody. You may have noticed that we're using a different theme song. That's because this is a brand new type of Paranoid Strain episode, but one that you'll see much more of in the coming months and years. It's part of our broader Phase 2 strategy, which we'll be elaborating on soon. Essentially, we're reimagining our concept of quick hits. Paranoid Strain Quick Hit. Yep, that's the one. We're retooling it to a truly short-form, timely production that minimizes our normal theatrics and focuses specifically on delivering conspiracy-related information on rapidly developing topics while they're still on the front pages. That's as opposed to our previous strategy, where the Quick Hit still ended up being about two hours and took at least a month to produce. Now, confusingly, we already recorded another Quick Hit story before we had the idea to do this one. And that one, which is over an hour, is still definitely going to come out next. So, we're putting out the new format before we run through the last of the old format. You think you're confused? I am actually a major part of the show, and I still don't have the faintest idea what he thinks he's doing. Thanks, Dana, and everyone, for bearing with my rather addled scheduling at the moment. And trust me when I say things will settle down this spring. So, what front page ripped from the headlines topic prompts this unprecedented break with Paranoid Strain Protocol? Why, it's the one that has you wearing a probably useless surgical mask on your probably canceled flight to Topeka, silly. To unleash the full power of the federal government in this effort today, I am officially declaring a national emergency. President Trump announces a new $50 billion effort to fight Good the evening. The World Health Organization says Europe is now the epicenter of the global coronavirus pandemic. Hello, I'm Jeremy Fernandez. Well, a lot of things around the world are changing fast. Severe border restrictions and global share market freefalls are testing our politics, economies and society. As surely we all know by now, the novel coronavirus, or as it has been officially renamed, COVID-19, is the latest potentially pandemic disease to potentially threaten to sicken potentially the whole world. Caveat much? And which has its origins in China. Looking back over the past couple of decades, the broad trends of globalization and worldwide interconnectedness have made all of us more vulnerable to a variety of factors driven by other parts of the world that are totally out of our control. 
Just ask the Marshall Islanders how warm and fussy they feel about Americans' love of coal power plants and SUVs, assuming their country hasn't already disappeared under the waves. Meanwhile, for the U.S. public, already reeling from the sense that the calm everyday world has become anything but, COVID-19 is yet another signpost on the road to hell, glimpsed furtively through the weave of our thenceward hurtling handbasket. I know you did the script quickly, but Jesus, put some effort in. So, as we get started, a few things. One. As of this recording, COVID-19 is having a major impact on the economies and daily lives of countries across the world, including especially China, but also Italy, Iran, South Korea, and increasingly the United States. Two. As of this recording, the president has canceled European air travel for 30 days, sports leagues and conventions are calling off or postponing events, and everybody is taking a strong second look at the idea of getting on a cruise ship. We're sure things have and continue to change dramatically as you listen to this, but we had to put a pin in events at some point in order to get this episode produced. Three. While there's always the threat of a huge viral pandemic that sweeps across the whole world and kills a huge number of people, as happened back in 1918, panicking about this virus, even though it has the potential to kill a significant number of people, can be extremely counterproductive. Let's get some perspective, briefly recalling some of the potentially deadly viruses that have threatened us over the past 20 years or so. Specifically, I'm referring to the various bird flu scares that started in 96 and have cropped up as recently as 2013, all of which, as near as we can tell, are given variations on the name H, some number, N, some number. We didn't know why this convention was used either, but luckily it's clearly spelled out right there on Wikipedia. Dana, please do the honors. Viruses are described as H1N1, H1N2, etc. Depending on the type of H or N antigens, they express with metabolic synergy. Hemagglutinin causes red blood cells to clump together and binds the virus to the infected cell. Neuraminidase is a type of glycoside hydrolase enzyme which helps to... Jesuit. You're not fooling anybody by pretending either you or I understand this stuff. Why don't you ask an expert? Oh, shit. Right. I forgot. We have an expert in the relevant fields on staff. With great pleasure, I once again reintroduce the official paranoid strain medical correspondent... Dr. Captain Rob. Doc, welcome back. Please remind our listeners of your particular expertise. I am an otolaryngologist, ear, nose, and throat doctor, and my particular expertise is the nose part. And so that definitely makes you one of the world's foremost experts on the subject of the origins and the spread of pandemic viral diseases. Is that right? That is not correct. Okay, so he's not an expert, but he is the best we've got. So we're going to bug him briefly at a few other points in this show whenever we get too confused about the medical stuff. Anywho, in addition to the bird flu panics, we also had the very memorable rise of SARS, which our intensive five-minute Wikipedia search revealed was also caused by a coronavirus, much like the current COVID-19. Interesting. Or maybe it's not. We have no idea. But the other thing we learned in our brief whirlwind research tour was the fact that in spite of its name... Which apparently originated from the fact that the first European cases were reported in Spain. The legendary Spanish flu of 1918 
the one that comes up every time there's a new and potentially highly contagious strain of virus going around. Mostly because it was responsible for more than 50 million deaths. Anyway, that flu may also have had its origins in China, at least according to Mark Humphreys, a Canadian historian whose research suggests that Chinese laborers employed by the European armies in World War I may have carried the virus with them when they journeyed from home looking for work. That last conjecture is hardly definitive, and other researchers have pegged the 1918 virus's origin in a wide and varied series of locales. But at the very least, we can say that many novel and potentially catastrophic viral mutations seem to originate in China these days. Why is this the case, Dr. Captain? So in that area, there, there's a large rural population. There's a significant proximity of uh, humans to the animals to take care of. And there's a chance for uh, swapping of viral DNA with human DNA, just an increased exposure. At markets across China like this one, people come in daily to buy chickens and ducks. It increases the risk of a pathogen like avian flu from spreading because you've got live chickens. If one of them's infected, it brings the virus in and it spreads to this flock over a few hours, and then those animals are taken to all distant parts of, of the region. The difference is here we're in a hot zone for emerging diseases. This is a place where we've repeatedly seen outbreaks from poultry moving into people and spreading globally. Dashak is concerned about a bat cave that's a popular tourist destination. The bats here in this cave are the same bats that carry SARS virus. Bats live in the cave all day long because they're nocturnal. And when they're up there, they urinate and defecate right on top of the tourists that are walking through. And all you've got to do is be that one person to breathe in at the wrong time and suddenly you've been infected with a virus that is not only potentially lethal to people, it could cause a future pandemic. I've got another question for the doctor, Captain. Yes, Dana? How is it exactly that flu viruses spread and kill people? Flu virus tends to be seasonal. In North America, it tends to be year-round in, in more of the uh, equatorial areas in the world. Usually it starts with pigs, um, although influenza can spread through, through ducks and other uh, fowl. Close proximity to humans, it leaps to humans, and then there's a person-to-person a -person spread during the uh, flu season. The most common uh, reason someone would die of the flu would be from a, a lower respiratory tract infection, development of pneumonia, leading to respiratory failure. You would only uh, get onto intensive care usually because you're having trouble breathing and you're unable to get enough oxygen into the, the, to the body. We, we would see pa patients with chest x-rays that look a bit like this, where the normal lungs are, are black because they've uh, got air in them, and this one has got uh, infection in all, all parts of the lungs and w when you get to that stage you'll be gasping for breath and, and going blue so at, at that stage the patients get resuscitated and put onto breathing machines. That's often complicated by uh, failures of other organ systems such as kidney failure and low blood pressure. So although most of the patients that, that arrive with that sort of problem will survive. A certain proportion of them, about a quarter or a third, will uh, succumb from that disease. Yuck. But good info. So, COVID-19 is the latest virus, coming from a location exotic to Americans, that's probably spread from some sort of animal to human beings, and that seems to be pretty darned contagious. So therefore, everybody's being extra careful so that we prevent the sort of hideous conditions that led the 1918 Spanish influenza to kill so many people in just about six months. That is, again, 50 million. 
which, as you probably already heard somewhere, was more people than were killed in World War I itself. Though, if that war hadn't been going on, it's unlikely as many would have succumbed to the virus, as far fewer people would have been traveling from country to country in cramped conditions, thus spreading the pandemic. Sort of a chicken and egg problem, only with a senseless military bloodbath instead of a chicken, and a hideous, fast-acting plague instead of an egg. That's your second horrific metaphor already in this episode. Watch it. Yes, I'm. Before we get off the topic of the virus itself, we would be remiss if we didn't give the doctor captain a chance to explain some of the most up-to-date information on the relative dangerousness of this particular, if you'll excuse us, strain. Compared with uh, seasonal influenza, the, the the novel coronavirus seems to have a, a higher uh, mortality rate. It also seems to affect you know adults and older adults to a greater degree than it affects children. Uh, there haven't been any mortalities in pediatric age groups. The actual mortality rate probably will end up somewhat less than the 3.4% that's discussed now. The actual mortality rate for influenza, the uh, routine seasonal uh, flu, usually given at 0.1 to 0.2%, you know can vary year to year. It can vary within countries depending on their healthcare infrastructure. Given you know the ability to test in large areas, you know the, the denominator changes too for what percentage of people have uh, influenza that would bring them to a hospital where they would get testing. And so even though the, the novel coronavirus uh, certainly has a higher mortality rate, it, it's too early to uh, to expect that it's going to be you know several hundred times higher. It probably is going to end up more around the one just over one percent mortality rate, which is still shockingly high. Incidentally, this wasn't part of the original script, but while we were talking, Doc Cap shed some additional light on how medical professionals view the prevention efforts we've all more or less been kind of trying to implement over the past few weeks. You know, staying home if you can, no handshakes, cutting back on our habit of licking bus handrails, etc. It seems to civilians like me that this is an effort to prevent the spread of the virus. But for pros like Rob, it's all about flattening the curve of infection. There have been news stories about people stocking up on water and toilet paper and household staples, you know, and how that won't prevent you from getting coronavirus, and it won't. People have to accept a new normal. Really, nobody who is alive right now has ever experienced this kind of truly global pandemic where it changes the way you think about healthcare systems. The reason that you would stock up to limit how much, how often you go to the grocery store or go to the bank is one, so you can be quarantined at home if you do have coronavirus. And two, it's to spread out the number of infections over a greater period of time. Because if you live in a community where half of the people who are eventually going to get it all get it within two weeks, there's not going to be enough ventilators or respirators to keep people alive. And so as long as you're able to keep the total number of uh, people who require intensive care or, uh, or uh, critical care services below a certain threshold, you'll be able to keep these adults alive, get them on a ventilator and get them good medical support. If you start overwhelming the local community's ability to take care of people, you do two things. One, there's going to be a certain number of people who are are going to exceed the ability to care for critically ill patients, which is going to result in deaths. And two, the total number of adults who need critical care services is more than just coronavirus patients. So you have people who have heart attacks and strokes and uh, require ventilators for different etiologies, uh, trauma patients, people who need intensive care unit services. And if the ent entire intensive care unit is occupied by coronavirus patients, there's going to be a spillover of mortalities to people who don't have acute care uh, or intensive care available to them. This is just a completely novel idea. I mean, everything about it, you know, locking down Italy, self-quarantining, these are things that have literally never occurred throughout our life. Okay, but to get to the paranoid strain heart of the matter, why are we even talking about this thing? 
because it's generating ridiculous conspiracy theories, of course. We first became aware that the conspiracists were obsessing about this topic when reading Rod Dreher's blog on the American conservative website. Jesuit prides himself, as he will only be too happy to inform you, on reading intelligent writers across the political spectrum. Go ahead. Ask him about it. He is just dying to tell you how even-handed he is. That was me. So Dreher is a very interesting thinker with whom we share virtually no points of political or social agreement, and he definitely has a tendency to believe every story that verifies his own intuition that the modern secular world is slouching towards Sodom and Gomorrah in a godless, leftist, LGBTQ ox cart. That's it. Metaphor privileges temporarily revoked. I'll give them back later. If you can prove you can handle them. But even taking into account his penchant for pearl clutching, he's not a conspiracy theorist, which is why we were so surprised to see a post on February 17th in which he breathlessly related a story from goddamned Reddit, which in turn links to a supposed scientific paper posted by some supposed internet experts who assure us they have relevant expertise in these fields and which, of course, has received no actual peer scrutiny whatsoever. Said paper informs us that the COVID-19 virus has the hallmarks of having been deliberately altered by human intervention. In other words, the suggestion is that the virus was, in fact, man-made. Now, Dreyer is hardly the only person to have suggested this, though the outlets that are suggesting or amplifying this story, at least as of this recording, seem exclusively to be on the right side of the political spectrum. For example, the extremely right-wing Washington Times newspaper, published by the notorious Reunification Church. Or, as you might know them, the Moonies, an alternative religion with some... Mm, interesting ideas. Anyway, the Mooney News published an article suggesting Chinese virus researchers were behind COVID-19, as did the scandal-hunting right-wing British tabloid The Daily Mail. Okay, technically the Times quoted an Israeli biowarfare analyst, and the Mail noted that there wasn't evidence to back the assertion that the Chinese created the virus. But, in both cases, their headlines were designed to appeal to a conspiratorial view of the virus's origins— while skirting around potential accusations of alarmist fear-mongering. Which is journalistically fucking gross, obviously. So factcheck.org, among others, quickly pointed out that numerous scientists in the relevant disciplines thought the paper Dreyer et al. were referring to was horseshit, but that didn't stop a United States senator from basically repeating these suggestions on Fox fucking news. We also know that just a few miles away from that food market is China's only biosafety level four super laboratory that researches human infectious diseases. Now, we don't have evidence that this disease originated there, but because of China's du duplicity and dishonesty from the beginning, we need to at least ask the question to see what the evidence says. And China right now is not giving any evidence on that question at all. Uh, we have such laboratories ourselves in the United States run by our military in large part done for preventative purposes or trying to discover vaccines or to protect our own soldiers. China is obviously very secretive about what happens at the Wuhan laboratory. We don't know, again, where this virus originated. That's why it's so important that we at least ask the questions and get the evidence. But China continues to block our ability to ask those questions and get that evidence. Now, the Chinese ambassador called the notion of biological warfare, quote, absolutely crazy, accusing you of trying to spread misinformation and panic. What's your response there? Well, the burden of proof right now is on the Chinese Communist Party and the ambassador uh, of China and his fellow communists. They have lied consistently about this virus from the beginning, so we should not take their word at face value. 
And no, we Slate's weren't. Elliot Hanlon and The Washington Post's Paulina Ferrosi ran Cotton's allegations by some actual experts. Richard Ebright, professor of chemical biology at Rutgers, noted, There is absolutely nothing in the genome sequence of this virus that indicates that the virus was engineered. The possibility that this was a deliberately released bioweapon can be firmly excluded. And Vipin Narang, an associate professor at MIT, said, It's a skip in logic to say it's a bioweapon that the Chinese developed and intentionally deployed, or even unintentionally deployed. Cotton should spend more time funding the agencies in the United States that can help contain and combat the virus, rather than trying to assign blame. Before we move on, we want to make a distinction between what Senator Dipshit said and what Dreher et al. were talking about. Cotton was implying that the Chinese had accidentally released a deliberately developed bioweapon, which is a particularly unfounded and scurrilous charge. Dreher was only suggesting... And again, we're at pains to note that this is of course a developing situation, and we might learn something totally new in the future, but that speculation like this on flimsy and non-existent evidence is just irresponsible. Yeah, so with all that in mind, Dreyer and his allegations, even if we were to accept them, which we have no reason to do, suggest the possibility that poor containment protocols at a nearby Chinese research facility led to the virus being accidentally released, and that if it were a man-made virus, it would only have been created in order to help research and fight future similar outbreaks. Kind of like the way this guy, who is apparently a biologist, but definitely not a virologist, narrates the story here. I want to call attention to a couple blog posts that I feel like contain a lot of good research and a lot of good evidence supporting their conclusions. And the main conclusion is that some viral researchers that used to work at the University of North Carolina moved back to Wuhan and took a SARS virus and engineered parts of it into a coronavirus and created an extremely virulent strain that was originally only intended for research. And then it either got out by accident or was released by some evil person. And I don't think it would be crazy, and a lot of these blog posters don't think it would be crazy for this to have been an accident. But in the end, it may end up to be a biological Chernobyl. It could be a depopulation event in China and, in else, and around the world. Please note that he for some reason dictated this while GoProing his bike down city streets for reasons that surpass our understanding, which explains why the sound is weird. Yeah, come on, dude. Invest in a podcast closet. Of course, this is still a quickly developing story, and just because there currently isn't any good reason to believe these conspiracy reports doesn't mean that there will never be any good reason. But the responsible thing to do at the moment is to assume that COVID-19, like other similar cross-species viruses of the past 20 years, is a natural, if unfortunate, development. In fact, as we were preparing to record this, Vox weighed in with a lengthy explanation of all of the reasons that top experts are nearly certain this virus was not man-made. We'll link in the show notes. It's pretty odd, honestly, that someone would want to generate flimsy, overly contrived, unlikely reasons to panic when there are plenty of legit, real-world, absolutely verifiable reasons why people are already doing so. I mean, the stock market could be headed for its worst week since the 2008 
financial crisis. The Dow Jones Industrials, NASDAQ, and S&P 500 all fell more than 4% but that yesterday. closure was extended in the wake of the outbreak. This affected restaurants and stores, too, as the government discouraged mass gatherings. Businesses and factories in at least 24 provinces, municipalities, and other regions were told not to resume work until February 10th at the earliest. Together, these major averages, the Dow, the NASDAQ, and the S&P, set to plunge as the trading day begins as it has just a few seconds ago. We see what's happening right there. That's the Dow Jones down about 7% this morning in the trading. All of this follows the president's address. Tonight, Washington state taking extraordinary measures to slow the spread of coronavirus. The decisions that we're making today and the decisions we probably will be making in the upcoming days are going to be profoundly disturbing to a lot of the ways we live our lives. The impact the virus is having on the Chinese economy, by the way, those factory closings, they include some of the factories that produce chemical reagents, that is, the precursor chemicals used to make prescription drugs. As David Lazarus, business columnist for the LA Times, noted in late February of 2020, Your medicine, prescription or otherwise, may not come from China, although many do. But there is a high likelihood it contains ingredients that originated in China and other countries affected by the coronavirus. Stephen Hahn, commissioner of the Food and Drug Administration, said Friday that the coronavirus had resulted in at least one drug shortage because an active ingredient is unavailable. Then, of course, there's also the fact that the authoritarian governments in two different countries that have seen COVID outbreaks, China and Iran, have each shown themselves rather less willing to share the unvarnished facts with their populace than might have been hoped. For example, the early willingness of the Chinese government to downplay warnings may have contributed to the rapid spread of the disease as well as the tragic death of one early whistleblowing Chinese doctor hero. A man who's become incredibly well-known around the world because of the coronavirus has died. This is the Chinese doctor who tried to warn the medical community about the coronavirus. He was told to be quiet by the authorities before weeks later being diagnosed with the virus himself. Here we can see BBC Chinese reporting on this, saying Dr. Lee was declared dead initially at half past ten, uh, nine local time on February the 6th, and that was reported by state media, but it got more complicated. Initially, there was a huge reaction on Chinese social media to this news, and then journalists and doctors at the scene who did not want their names used told the BBC the government officials then decided to control the flow of information by ordering the doctor to be put back on life support despite the fact he was dead, and to change official media reports from death to in critical condition. Well, that attempt to shut down the story has failed, and official Chinese media is now reporting the death. And they continue to remove and censor information, in spite of the fact that their admittedly harsh and authoritarian reaction to the crisis has been widely credited for slowing its spread within China. Meanwhile, Iranians were treated to the completely ludicrous charade of their nation's health minister, obviously in the grip of COVID-like symptoms, insisting up one side and down the other that the virus wasn't circulating within their country. Either Members of parliament, the mayor of Tehran's 13th district have contracted the virus, and even the deputy health minister who's in charge of countering the coronavirus has tested positive for it. Uh, in a video that's become viral in Iran, he's seen standing next 
speaks to uh, the government spokesman during a press conference uh, with the media. He's sweating profusely and constantly wiping his brow with a handkerchief. The government spokesman then attended meetings with other senior officials. Uh, that same deputy health minister also gave an interview on state TV last night where he was coughing and spluttering away. Now, authorities have been closing... All of which, of course, leads to a situation where citizens, knowing they're being lied to, come up with their own highly conspiratorial and unlikely explanations, as noted in this NPR report. News of the virus dominated conversations in Tehran and sparked a few conspiracy theories as well. A 63-year-old man who gives his name as George Ali says he loves America, but he has no doubt the U.S. is behind this outbreak. <laughs> He says the virus is one of the weapons the U.S. tried to use against China, so he's sure America is behind it, and now it has also reached Iran. He says the 2011 Hollywood film Contagion is evidence for his theory. Not far away, 52-year-old Giti says she's an American citizen with family in the U.S. She suspects the government deliberately delayed announcing news of the virus so as not to depress the turnout for last week's parliamentary elections. And I think it was worse. Oh, and, uh... There are even, and this is hard to believe, leaders of major Western democracies, even recent recipients of the National Medal of Freedom, who are alleging that maybe the whole thing is being ginned up by political opponents to make hay in an election year. Now the Democrats are politicizing the coronavirus. You know that, right? Coronavirus. They're politicizing it. This is their new hoax. Folks, this coronavirus thing, I want to try to put this in perspective for you. It looks like the coronavirus being weaponized as yet another element to bring down Donald Trump. Now, I want to tell you the truth about the coronavirus. Shocking allegations from obviously reliable sources. I hope the relevant authorities are looking carefully at these well-sourced, well-thought-out, totally perfect ideas. Of course, if you're wondering if the Internet, and especially YouTube, offers an array of still less responsible suggestions about the origins of, and especially the cures for, the virus, then even Senator Cotton, President Trump, and Limbaugh, well, you're not really wondering, because as a listener to this show, you know we're about to play them. But there's something else going on. We know it's man-made. We know they've been covering up the origin of that. Now mainline news is saying it's man-made. There's a global Ponzi scheme of fiat currency. The globalists see the solution to stopping that Ponzi scheme collapsing is to have a giant war or a giant bioweapons release that they can claim is natural or say that's terrorist released that will kill hundreds of millions, if not billions of people, and then be a reset for the collapsing economy so governments don't get blamed. All the evidence points towards this virus being man-made. Mike's held back a lot and says, well, clearly it's released and they're using it as a power grab, uh, but it looks like it escaped. You know what? I don't think it escaped. I think they released it. Now, that's speculation. Now, I'm not saying Mike's wrong. Either way, you've got all these governments agreeing with each other and they're getting a vaccine, but oh, you got to wait 18 months. Oh, oh, they're going to hurry it up and have it next year. This is bad. And it pisses me off. Uh, and that's where I stand on this, Mike Adams. What do you think? I agree with you now. My assessment has changed in the last week. I, I believe this was also a deliberate release. Uh, so oh, wow. that's interesting. That you just said that. Um, 
I believe that it was introduced possibly by an agent working in that virology lab in Wuhan, but it was... Oh, yeah, was I forgot. Now, now the scientists reportedly stole it from Canada is dead. Yeah. And a right. bunch of other people are getting killed. I'm sorry. There's just so many angles here. No, exactly. Well, well, look, this, this achieves all of the top goals of the globalists. Think about this. Uh, I don't think anybody's put all these pieces together. It's not just depopulation, but every government in the world is about to go broke from debt spending. They need a scapegoat. Sure would be great to blame a virus for the economic collapse that's about to happen everywhere because of the global debt pyramid that, that Max Kaiser was just talking about an hour ago, by the way, and he's correct. Yes, the world's shittiest source of news, Alex Jones, is still offering a goddamned conspiracy theory all-you-can-eat buffet for his credulous viewers to... Wait, Jesuit, you said this was on YouTube. Oh, shit, right. I forgot this dumb motherfucker done got himself permabanned from the only site on the internet people actually go to for videos. Twice. See our previous AJ and InfoWars coverage in the feed. So we really had to dig to find all this stuff on his dedicated video site, which we're not going to mention the name of, because fuck that guy. What other dipshit nonsense do we need to cover? Well, Sibling Jesuit was kind enough to pass along the info that certain highly excitable American religious figures have determined the real cause of the viral outbreak. Let me guess. Barack Obama? No. Abortions? No, the, the other one. Gays? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Now, as you might expect, there are plenty nutballs to choose from here, but we're going to go with Rick Wiles, who's a particularly crazy end times type preacher, and, as it happens, a frequent spouter of anti-Semitic garbage, whose website, True News, somehow seems to keep getting White House press credentials. Weird. And God is about to purge a lot of sin off this planet. Plagues are one of the last steps of judgment. Look at the United States. Look at the rebellion, the spiritual rebellion that's in this country, the hatred of God, the hatred of the Bible, the hatred of righteousness. Hatred of innocence. Hatred of innocence. There's vile, disgusting people in this country now, transgendering little children, perverting them. A death angel may be moving right now across the planet. And it's a terrifying thing when the death angel yes. walks by your door. That's right. There's a death angel on the loose right now. You're going to get an attitude adjustment. While we're at it, Jim Baker. Incidentally, if you recognize that name, bad news. You're old. The disgraced 80s televangelist who rebuilt his audience and now mostly seems to hawk supplies for the constantly approaching yet never arriving apocalypse was forced by the government to stop insisting that his colloidal silver solution was the cure for corona. This is amazing. Is there a miracle treatment for coronavirus? Order silver now. This televangelist seems to suggest so. Hello and welcome to the Jim Baker Show. Jim Baker, the notorious pastor who served five years in prison for fraud in the early 1990s and was once married to the late Tammy Faye Baker, is now back on the airwaves making, well, surprising claims that this silver solution could be effective against the coronavirus. We've tested it. It works on just about everything. This influenza that is now circling the globe, you're saying that silver solution would be effective. Well, let's say it hasn't been tested on this strain of the coronavirus, but it's been tested on other strains yeah. of the coronavirus and has been uh, able to eliminate it within 12 hours. So what do you think? About and Alex Jones, in addition to providing valuable schadenfreude recently by being busted for DUI, was ordered to stop claiming his horseshit voodoo supplements can cure coronavirus as well. 
What else? Oh, 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 oh. Our beloved listener, Oli Hansen, alerted us to a fucking doozy of a conspiracy theory that connects the rollout of new 5G wireless technology to the appearance of coronavirus. Even better, he sent us this video by a profoundy loop-de-loo lady who has convinced herself that she has to abbreviate or spell out controversial words like Wuhan, virus, China, World Health Organization, etc., in order to keep herself from being censored by YouTube. How about that? These are words I'm going to have to be saying a lot in this presentation, and the more I say them, the more I'm going to go down in visibility, and I think this is something that everyone deserves to hear about. Today, I want to bring you some insights regarding the cause and the symptoms, okay? Note the word symptoms of CV that you have probably not yet heard. And no, this isn't about some patent or some P4 lab close to the seafood market, but it's about something far more profound. It is concerning the impacts, such as the inability to breathe, such as having a cough with no phlegm, rather odd for pneumonia, wouldn't you say? And things like suddenly falling over with no other signs of sickness. All of these things can be related to something completely different than a V-I-R-U-S. Here you can see the announcement from a Chinese website all the way back from 2018 in April that W-U-H-A-N, we all know that city by now, don't we, will be a pilot city. Here it says, a large-scale F-I-V-E-G network engineering program will be piloted in Wuhan. Yep, look at your screen, guys. It went live by fall 2019. Furthermore, their hospitals have been supercharged with this most of all, FIVEG or 60 gigahertz frequencies. By 2019, 26,000 scientists had signed the petition calling for a moratorium, an urgent and complete halt to the FIVEG rollout due to its having been proven, quote, harmful for humans and the environment. And in response, they got a big fat nothing burger. Mm -hmm. And while the WHO has named that EMF contamination in occupational and residential areas can be a stress factor, they have done nothing and have no plans to encourage the public toward the eradication of these fields at all. So seriously, Oli, we owe you one. This lady is our kind of crazy. This is all fantastic for us, obviously. But as we close up our survey of the ongoing story of the real, global, as yet still not completely quantified threat of coronavirus COVID-19, we would feel derelict in our duty if we didn't report the stunning fact that it, and many other dread diseases like malaria and AIDS, have already definitively been cured. Oh, you didn't know that? You know why? Because they don't want you to know. Doctors hate this one easy trick. You're a pawn in the game of Western medicine, and you don't even know it, man. What is my excitable, mythically named co-narrator so worked up about? I'll tell you what. MMS. And no, it's not, as you're probably thinking, the multimedia messaging system. Text messaging format that lets you send images and video clips, enhancing and in most cases replacing the text-only SMS system. Literally no one was thinking that. No, what we're talking about here is Miracle Mineral Solution, a cure so potent there's a whole church dedicated to it. We give you the Genesis 2 Church of Health and Healing and its Archbishop, Mark Grennan. I remember believing as a little boy that one day when the good people of the world and all the doctors find a cure for all disease, that 
it would surely be trumpeted from the tallest tower of the tallest keep of the tallest mountain and we would all know about it instantly all over the world of course as you grow up you learn that that's not how the world works this movie is about a small band of individuals that have uh, done something amazing they found the cure for cancer aids diabetes malaria the common cold herpes parkinsons arthritis pretty much every disease that exists on this planet today and plagues humanity and it's a story about their journey and what they've done against insurmountable odds to get it out there on a massive scale and you know what it's pretty hard to believe because what you're about to see is uh, so massively changing on a personal and a global level uh, and because this is so simple it's so easy it's so cheap it's available everywhere and it cures the diseases not in uh, years or decades but in hours days weeks and in extreme cases months okay i'm my name is mark grennan i uh, found mms when i was working in um, south america and uh, excuse me dominican republic at the time and the um, mms will go in there and uh Really, MMS is basically what is killing it is the chlorine dioxide that is killing it. MMS is basically the sodium chloride. When you mix it with an acid, a food-grade acid, turns into chlorine dioxide, which is used in many applications all over the world from canning foods to spraying uh, raw meats before they package it to spraying vegetables that never have to be washed off because there's no toxins to the Katrina black mold um, after the hurricane, cleaning the houses up to the anthrax scare, to hospitals cleaning floors with it, to water supplies around the world. They have FDA-approved mouthwashes. Dentists use it. I mean, the application's everywhere. What Jim found out is that he can get this sodium chloride at a higher concentration, but lower, much lower than the industrial. Of course, given the incredible, earth-shattering results this cure has achieved in addressing some of the most difficult and complex diseases plaguing humankind today, it's obviously the cure for COVID-19 that we were all looking for. Wait, not that, not that we were looking for. We were looking for doctors to come up with an actual cure. But there was another group who are near and dear to our paranoid strain hearts, and this is definitely what they were looking for. As coronavirus spreads across the globe, the reaction on social media is marked by fear and panic. For some conspiracy theorists, however, it's an opportunity to spread dangerous misinformation about the disease. One terrifying example is that QAnon supporters are encouraging people to drink Miracle Mineral Solution, a bleaching agent that has been touted as a miracle cure by anti-vaxxers and other fringe groups to ward off coronavirus. And despite restrictions on such content on platforms like YouTube, it's still fairly easy to find. These plugs for MMS usually go hand-in-hand hand with theories alleging that coronavirus was manufactured in a lab for the benefit of the pharmaceutical industry. As Rolling Stone reported last week, prominent QAnon supporter and YouTuber Jordan Sather bears much responsibility for perpetuating such claims. Since the spread of the disease was initially reported, he has devoted his Twitter account to inaccurately claiming that the virus was the product of a 2015 patent for avian coronavirus and implying that it was created in a Chinese lab. To be clear, please don't drink bleach. Thanks for I'm watching. sorry, did he, did he say bleaching agent? Yeah, he did, because as it turns out... He claims that what's in this class is a miracle cure for virtually any disease. This is our sacrament. 
preying on the desperate and vulnerable, including women with breast cancer and the parents of autistic children. I would like to see somebody go get these people. On this day, the Archbishop's Cathedral was a hotel conference room. His vestments, a black leather jacket, and a bejeweled Panama hat. And his sermon to people who were charged $450 a head seems to have come right out of the book of Shams. I got people occurring with major stuff just from that. From prostate cancer to brain cancer to uh, autism. All by drinking what he calls the sacraments of the Genesis 2 Church of Health and Healing. Available for anyone who makes what is called a donation. It says it's miracle like mineral solutions promoted online as a cure for autism, the flu, even cancer, can make you seriously ill. The solutions, sold under several brand names, basically turn into bleach in your stomach. A so-called miracle treatment that claims to cure autism has been making the rounds online for years now. But experts say the mixture is actually a form of industrial bleach, and it can cause serious health problems if ingested. The the fact that anybody would suggest that you should give this to somebody is ridiculous. This is scary, dangerous stuff. Let's check back in with the Dr. Captain. When we asked you to look into this MMS stuff, it's a miracle drug, not just bleach, right? No, it's bleach. It's bleach. It's, it's bleach. It's what, it's what takes the stains out of your shirts. Whoa, that's a real letdown. Oh, and that YouTuber that was mentioned earlier, who's being blamed for spreading the idea that people should take this first Church of Clorox miracle drug? I mean, he's not saying anything super irresponsible, is he? Coronavirus cannot be killed. There's no known cure. You want to talk about an organization that's brainwashed the public, that's told them what to think. Talk about the FDA, the CDC, our medical slash health authorities, right? Wait for your vaccine for the coronavirus. No, there's nothing that, that can kill it. No, there's nothing you can do to boost your immune system or get yourself healthier to avoid it, which is not true. There is absolutely compounds, substances out there that can kill the coronavirus. Like, no doubt. That, su that mineral I must not name. <laughs> I found a study on that particular gaseous compound that fake news calls a bleach. And I found a study that was done that showed, I can't remember the exact ratio, it was a certain milligram amount per liter, I believe, of wastewater, but it showed inactivation of SARS-coronavirus with that mineral. Inactivation. That was in wastewater, but pfft, expand that out. Clearly right? some great ideas and suggestions here. Late-breaking additions to the stupidity. Just as we were about to record, we read another item that is so galactically stupid that we just had to include it at the last minute. Apparently, some preachers, including Paula White, who has risen to prominence in recent years not only through her association with the president, but because of some super loopy slash money-grubbingly gross things she said. Wherever I go, God rules. When I walk on White House grounds, God walks on White House grounds. I had every right and authority to declare the White House as holy ground because I was standing there and where I stand is holy. We are in a spiritual war right now. Let every demonic network that has aligned itself against the purpose, against the calling of President Trump, let it be broken, let it be torn down in the name of Jesus. You want me to tell you what my thoughts are? The thoughts of the King of Kings, the thoughts of the Lord of Lords. I'm downloading heaven. Sakatara, bata, sakatara. 
Southern California is looking at, well, there's already law that's passed through the governor that says the Bible is a book of hate speech and to ban the sale of it. There's a Department of Treasury in heaven that God is watching over everything you do, and you are storing up eternal treasure that will go so far beyond, I think, that we can even begin to imagine. You need to send in $3,500. You need to send in $35,000. You need to send in that $100,000 check. If you do not write that P.O. box and you do not call that toll-free number and you do not become a ministry of sustainer, you will never see sustainment in your life and your dream will die. Your call will die. Anyway, she's the featured speaker at a planned religious rally that is going forward in spite of the current trend of canceling or avoiding large public gatherings. It's going forward precisely because gathering together in the face of a spreading pandemic is apparently a great way to prove that the attendees are protected by the power of God. We have no further comment. Just just let that one sink in. So, what have we learned here? Well, we know this is still a developing story, but it seems like COVID-19 is a naturally occurring virus that's having a big impact on global health and commerce already, and that some of the smartest people in the world are working day and night to fight. Meanwhile, other people, definitely not the smartest in the world, are levying currently unfounded, sinister accusations about its origins and supposed purpose. Or blame it all on their political opponents, or tell you you can get rid of it with a drug that is totally not bleach, y'all. And again, to be clear, it's, it's just bleach. Don't drink it. Well then, I guess the choice we all face is whether to do as the dead milkmen suggest. Or, of course, you could just double down on the Purell, wash your goddamn hands for 20 seconds, and realize that the conspiracy theories about this real-life virus are just another paranoid strain. This has been The Paranoid Strain. Email us at theparanoidstrain at gmail.com and sign up for our Facebook group, damn it. Just send us a request. As always, we're grateful for the musical stylings of Daniel Arizona and the Paranoid Strain Orchestra, and indebted to the dulcet Northern European interjections of Ms. Dana Unicorn. Our latest soundtrack was mixed by South Fork Hoss, Big Mucho helps in ways big and small, and Willem UFO's pretty pictures are more soothing than kicking back a nice snifter of single malt barrel-aged bleach. I'm Fearful Jesuit. Thanks for listening. Next time, we recap a bunch of new stuff that's happened in relation to our previous episodes. It's going to be a quick hit, raw, raw, raw recap. We know we already said this same thing last time, but this time for sure, that's going to be the next episode. In the meantime, remember, the world is chaotic, but it's not out to get you. Or at least, not you specifically.
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.